in today's show, I'm going to look at the Houston Rockets and their 2021-2022 season, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So pre-recording these shows as I am heading away, I don't... They're not going to be as highly produced as how I would normally do my shows with graphics because I just, I don't, honestly, just don't have the time to create all of that for every show. So I apologize for that if you are watching on YouTube. You're just going to be looking at my head a lot and me talking about stuff, which yeah, if you're listening to a podcast, that's the same sort of thing. Apologies for that. I don't know how the format of these shows is going to go either, sort of just getting, trying to get through stuff and, and talking about the season that was and how we can project that stuff in the future. But let's get into it. I'm sure it will evolve as we move through over the course of the uh, of of doing this. Um, yeah, that's about it. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Looking at the Rockets, let's just have a bit of a preview of what's coming up for them in the off season or, or what happened for them this year. Twenty and sixty-two, the worst record in the NBA for the second straight year. They don't get any shit compared to the Thunder. But they are the worst team in the NBA for the last two years. Deliberately so, some might say. That's totally fine. They had the second worst defense and the fourth worst offense. That's pretty bad. The 29th uh, net rating. Not great, but obviously that's better than finishing 30th. In terms of lottery pick, well, the lottery is not for another month. So we don't know exactly where their pick's going to be. But we do know that their pick will not be below number five. They have the top odds, the 14% odds at the number one pick, but they will not be, um, they cannot finish outside the top five because they finished with the worst record. So they will be fifth and their pick isn't getting traded. So they've got a good draft pick coming. I haven't done draft prep stuff yet, so I don't know what sort of players they're going to get. But that's where their, their draft picks sit um, for the uh, for the upcoming year. So they've, yeah, they've got between pick one and five to start off with. They also get the Nets pick, pick 17 coming in. Um, they, what else do they get? I think that's the ones that they get here. Pick one and 17 in the first round. In terms of uh, second round picks, I don't know if I've got those second round picks. Yeah, I told you, this is, uh, I'm trying to get through a lot of stuff here. I don't think I've got the second round, uh, second round done yet for um, for value and, and where these guys sit. Let me just double check that. Have they got, and I think they might've traded their second round pick. Yeah, they did. They don't have their second round pick. That has gone to the Indiana Pacers. So they don't have a second round pick. All they have is pick one and pick 17. So a couple of guys that can come in, of course, trades and all that sort of stuff can happen. So that's where we sit with that. Free agency is another interesting thing. John Wall has a $47 million player option, which he is undoubtedly going to pick up. After that, he's a free agent. Will they look at a buyout? If I'm John Wall, why would I give up money? Like $47 million. It's a lot of money. Could he be a trade candidate? It's a little bit easier to trade him now, but $47 million is a lot. 
the other guys that they look at in terms of where their free agency sits, there's not a lot happening. Dennis Schroeder is out of contract. They claim they want to bring him back. I don't know why, but he's out of contract. Bruno Fernando is a restricted free agent. I wouldn't have thought there'd be a big priority to bring him back. Jay Sean Tate has a $1.8 million team option. They would definitely bring him back. I think they should look to trade him, but they would definitely look to bring him back. And then you've got guys, the two-way guys like Anthony Lamb and Trevor and Queen. You've got KJ Martin's got a non-guarantee for 1.7. They'll bring him back. They've got Gary Bird, Garrison Matthews with a non-guarantee of, of 2 million. So they'll, they'll bring him back as well. So really, they're going to lose Schroeder. They're probably going to lose Fernando. We'll not bring him back. And then there's whatever's going to happen with John Wall. But everyone else under contract, including $19.5 million for Eric Gordon in the final year of his contract. Well, that's not true. Not final year because he's got a $21 million non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed deal in 2023. Um, you've got... And then it's just a bunch of rookie deals like Green and Shangun and Garuba and Christopher and those sort of guys. That's where everything sits there contract-wise for the Rockets. So I do expect them to be active. I look for them to be looking to deal Wood, Gordon, Wall, and Tate. Whether they, I don't think they'll trade them all, but they will be guys that definitely be looking to um, see what they can do in the offseason. And that's going to change a lot. So this is not about me projecting what these guys are going to be like for fantasy next season because there's still plenty of water to go under the bridge there. So how did things go from a fantasy point of view this year? Well, their best fantasy player was the Crucifix Christian Wood. He was a top 50 player in points leagues, 45th overall, in fact. And he got to 82nd in category leagues. That's a big downturn from where he was the year before. He played 31 minutes a night. He shot horribly from the free throw line for some reason, 62%. Averaged only a block a game and averaged 18 and 10. He is 26 and a half. I really worry about Christian Wood's future in the NBA. I don't think that he's... Like, if he gets traded, it's not going to be into a better situation. I don't think he's a long-term starting caliber player in the league, personally. Now... In saying all of this, some of his advanced stats were okay. Raptor didn't like him at all. He was well down the list there. Fifth in wins above replacement, but he had the best EPM on the team. He had the best um, LeBron and LeBron um, wins added. I think he was top of that as well. Yeah, he was. So he didn't have the best LeBron. He had the best wins added LeBron, so cumulative value, but he was fifth in terms of overall LeBron. Um his Darko was the best on the team at 1.6, significantly better than basically everyone apart from David Nwaba. His on-off wasn't great. It was a negative 1.2, but better than a lot of other players on the team. So overall, the advanced stats were okay with him. I just, when we look at him dynasty-wise, I just don't see it really improving. How does it get better from here? He's also an expiring contract. He's got a $14 million deal next year, then out of contract. I don't see him ending next season in Houston. I really don't see how that's going to happen. Um, the next player to look at is Kevin Porter Jr., cousin Kev. We, we, including me, overrated him heading into the season from a category point of view. Like I was pretty confident in what his points value would be. I thought around top 50. He didn't quite get there, to be honest. 76th. He averaged 31 fantasy points. I thought he'd be better. I thought he'd play more than 31 minutes to begin with, especially when we heard that John Wall wouldn't play. As for categories, he was 106th, but for a long point in the season, he was outside the top 150 because he shot so poorly from the field, 41%, and from the line, 64%. He hit 38% of his three, so that's an improvement. He averaged six assists and four rebounds. He hit two and a half threes a game. And to be honest with you, 
as much as I shit on cousin Kevin Porter, and I don't think he's a particularly good long term, or he's not. I don't think he's the answer in that backcourt. But what we saw at the end of the season, where he started deferring a lot more to Jalen Green, and that can work. He was second on this team in Raptor. In EPM, he was not quite as good, negative one, which is what fifty-six percentile. But that's above average. It's above a lot of players on this team. His Darko was pretty solid. Um, but interestingly, his on-off was really good. He was a plus four. A plus four on this team. The team fell apart when he wasn't on the court, especially um, especially defensively. And I don't really know why that why they got worse with him. He's not a good defender. But when he was off the court, they got worse. And I don't know if that's really because of him or it's because of the other guys coming in, like DJ Augustin and Dennis Schroeder as the backup point guards behind him. So I reckon that might be a part of it. But it is worth noting. He averaged for the year 15, 4, and 6, two and a half threes with one steal. Where does the improvement come from? He's not yet 22, so there's plenty of improvement to come. It's just in shooting numbers, really. It's He hit 46% of his twos. Like, that's got to approach 50 the free throws, I don't think they're ever going to be good, but they, can they approach 70? If those two things happen, if he goes to 40 from 46 to 50 as his field as two-point percentage and his free throws go from 64 to 70, not outrageous, then he's easily top 100 and he's top 70. The risk you have with him in category leagues is you're bad, being bad at both percentages. That's a risk. Do I think he'll continually be this bad at both? No. I do think there will be improvement. And he did have some of the best improvement of really anybody on this team as the season went on. And that's important to note, that he was able to improve that significantly as the season went on towards the end of the year. Really, really liked what we saw from him um, as the season improved. He'll be a very interesting one next year. And I think there are more minutes that can come from him as well, which again is going to be something for us to watch. Bet online. Net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which the Rockets are not going to be a part of, of course, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay. Who's the next guy? Well, in terms of Category League rankings, it was actually Dennis Schroeder, 134th over the course of this season. Some of that in Boston, some of that in Houston. I honestly don't think we need to... He was 124th in points leagues. I don't think we need to look at Schroeder as any sort of top 150 value in the future. I don't think any team as an unrestricted free agent is going to be looking at Schroeder and going, well, he's a guy we want to bring in to be our starting point guard. The advanced stats were pretty down on him. I thought he was pretty bad most of the year. He did have some big games in Boston where a bunch of blokes were out, which we know he can do. If he gets minutes, he will get usage and he will score. Is that useful for a team? Probably not. Like His EPM was pretty bad. He was below league average there, negative 1.8. His LeBron was pretty bad at a negative 1.71. His on-off numbers in Houston, I'm going to double-check those because I don't remember that off the top of my head, negative uh, 4. I just I just don't know that 5.9 million that he got this year will even be able to attract that number next season. I'm not convinced. I don't think we ever see him as being a 12-team draftable player again. He is going to turn 29 at the start of next season. So not completely washed up, but from a starting point guard caliber player level, 
I don't think we're there with him anymore. He averaged 25 fantasy points this year, and I don't think that's going to be something that he's able to do as we move forward. We're getting closer to the guy that I know you all want to talk about. We're not there yet, because we're going to talk Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. He was the 139th ranked player this year, Jay Sean Tate. He averaged 12, 5, and 3. And we look at Tate and we go, well, he's a guy that can spread the floor. He can pass. He can defend. Yet for fantasy, it doesn't really happen. 27 minutes, under one three a game, under three assists, under one steal. Shot 50 from the field with 71 from the line. 31% from three. I think he's a totally capable rotation player. But as a starter, and people go, how can you not include him in the core? Like, he's going to be 27. I've had that argument plenty of times. He's going to be 27. I think there's no upside really in him at all. I think he's at best like your seventh man on, on a playoff team. And if someone values him, a current playoff team goes, I would like him for a pick in the 20s. I would like to get him because he can help my team now. I think you do it. Because by the time that Porter is 26 in four years' time, by the time Jalen Green is hitting into his real prime in, in four years at 24, 25, where Shengun's 25, Tate's 31. Like, he's 31. Is he going to be worth it then? I don't think so. I'd rather, like, you're going to have a high pick. Benchero, Smith, Holmgren. One of these guys can be taking those minutes very easily. So I, I don't really see him as a part of this core moving forward. Yeah, his contract's great, but he is a restricted free agent after next season. So he's going to start to get paid. His advanced numbers were pretty good. Third on this team in, in Raptor War. Um, his, what his Raptor total was negative 0.6, not a bad number. Um, LeBron didn't like him as much. And I think LeBron actually, that stat ties in more to what I saw this season on this team. His Darko was a negative. He was a negative on-off as well. Not by much, but, but he was. He was a negative EPM, although it was above average, 65th percentile. His true shooting at 57 is basically league average. He didn't finish well at the rim, but he took a lot of shots there, which I, I guess is good. And yeah, just some really low sort of defensive stat numbers. They're not, not terribly low, but for a guy that's going to base his game on that, you would hope for a little bit more. So I... I really, like 139th ranked player in category leagues, 123rd in points leagues. He was basically that area the whole year. Does he, he had a little stretch where he really stepped it up at one point and put up some really big numbers. Um, and he was like top 40 for a little bit of time um, towards you know, the start of the year. But it did drop off. I think he's just totally serviceable rotation guy who's got really no sort of fantasy upside. Now we're going to talk Jalen Green because... I think we're all aware how bad Jalen Green was this season, to begin this season. The overall numbers of his rookie year, they're not very good. He's got one of the worst LeBrons, negative 3.26, second worst on this team. His Darko at negative 1.8 is bad. His on-off at negative 6.7 is very bad. His EPM at negative 3.1 is 29th percentile, 7th percentile defensively. His Raptor is a negative 4.3, a horrific number. He was very bad, but he started to play well. And while it is true 
that the first three months did happen and he was the worst or most negatively impactful NBA rotation player, I would say. And you can't just say, well, look what happened when he figured it out at the end of the year. That's how he moved forward. That's not exactly how it works. And we saw that a bit with Anthony Edwards this year. Edwards was disastrous to start last year, very good to end last year, but we saw the shooting numbers sort of fall back towards the middle. And I think that sort of thing will happen with Green. He stepped it up when he became the number one option when Wood was out, and that's encouraging. But if Wood comes back, or if Wall plays, or if someone replaces Wall, or if Banchero is there, or whatever they need to do on this team, will he still maintain that insanely high level of usage? Probably. But I think that the reality of Jalen Green will be, at least for next year, somewhere in between the disaster versus the very good production where he was scoring 30 a night. I don't think it'll be that every night. It's possible, but I was very, I was discouraged early on. I wasn't obviously you weren't writing him off, but very encouraged uh, later on. But I think there's a big, big risk that he, the value gets inflated. If you're in a dynasty league, I reckon it's a great time to see if you can trade him away. Now you don't trade him away for a top fifty player. You don't do that. You try and go look at this. This is yeah. You, know, you try and find someone who goes. This is a top ten player. There'll be people who think that. Can he ever get to be the level of fantasy production that Donovan Mitchell is providing at the moment? Can he ever get to be the level of fantasy production that Jalen Brown is providing at the moment? I think that's the area you look at. Will he ever become Trey Young? Ja Morant? Probably not. Jason Tatum? Probably not. But some, because he's so young, may value that. You might get a top 10 pick out of it or a top 10 player out of it. That's what I mean that like use this run, use the value that people ascribe to, oh, well, he figured it out and it's only going to continue from here. Where in reality, a lot of those studies would say it doesn't happen when they figure it out last two months of rookie season. That's not just the trajectory keeps going that way. It will often just head back down the next year or middle out or and it will slowly rise. It's not like, well, he's figured it out. The first three months don't count. Bear that in mind. But he was very good to end the season. In fact, for points least, he finished top 120 for the season, averaging 26. And we know he put up some big numbers. And he played only 32 minutes. He'll play 34 next year. And he averaged 17, 3, and 3. Like, that could easily be 24 and 4. No defensive stats is a worry. And the efficiency is a worry. But in the end, things worked out pretty well. I think we saw those flashes coming from him to end the year. I'm going to flash through and talk about Bilt Bar because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you're looking for that delicious treat, Bilt Bar covers you. If you're looking for a protein bar after working out, Bilt Bar covers you because they've got 17 grams of protein. They taste fantastic, but instead of blowing your calorie budget on a candy bar, you do it with Bilt Bar because it's half the calories. It's like 130 versus 270. 130 calories in a bar, four grams of sugar. It's amazing. And they taste so bloody good. I have a Bilt Bar every morning. For my breakfast, get me off to a great start to the day. And you can do the same. You can do it for 15% off. If you head to the website, built.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you'll save 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. If you want parts for your car, you can be doing it while you're just looking, eating a Built Bar, browsing the internet because rockauto.com is the place to go. Why would you go to a local chain auto parts store? The answer is you wouldn't because you're not stupid. 
You go there, you line up, you got to talk to the bloke behind the counter with condescending questions, makes you feel dumb, and he charges you more money. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for your car? Whether that's a brake part, a tail lamp, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you would need. Rock Auto is a family business, been serving online auto parts customers for over 20 years. So head to rockauto.com and find all of the parts available for your car or truck, and in their How Did You Hear About Us box right locked on, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We've done most of the relevant players here for the uh, for the Rockets, except for the dan- delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. For some reason, for some reason, Alperen Sengun's name, or my name, has been tacked on to him. Josh has been fooling you and telling you to hold him all season. You're absolutely ridiculous, which is just blatantly untrue, right? I like Alperen Sengun. I think he's a top five player out of this draft class. I, I think he's actually maybe not top. Maybe if I did a redraft, maybe he's top seven. I think he's going to be really good. I also didn't, you know, holding on to someone, I didn't even think drafting him was necessarily the best idea. What I continually said was it's going to need a wood trade or injury for this to really happen. We eventually got it. I thought he showed plenty of flashes, but he's no way near a finished product. He ended up the year as the 174th ranked player in 20 minutes. So that's encouraging. 21 minutes. Nine and five, three assists, 0.9 blocks. 47 and 71 from the field and from the line. He shot horribly from the three-point line, 25%. So there's a massive, massive room to go, all right, we can improve that. 59% from two, that can go up as well. But he had really good rebound rate, really good assist rate, especially for his position, really good block rate, really good steal rate. True shooting at 55 can come up. His advanced stats, they aren't perfect. Negative 1.9 APM is not a great number. His LeBron, negative 1.71, is the same as Dennis Schroeder. Not a good number. His Darko is, if I can find it on the list, negative 1.2. Not particularly strong. It did have a real peak in around December, January, and then fell off and then started to improve as the season went on. I do like where his trajectory takes us. I like where it goes. Um, and, And I think he's going to improve significantly. But I think we need to settle down in how we view him moving forward. Does he have the fantasy game to be a top 50 player in the future? Yeah, he does. Would I think that that's a guarantee that he gets there? I don't think so. He was 151st in points leagues. Pretty good numbers. 23 fantasy points. He's got to improve percentages. He's got to get more minutes. I think the 21 minutes will definitely go up. And it's, again, it's going to depend on what they do with Christian Wood. Are they happy to go into next season with Shingun as their starting center? They should. Whether they will or not, I don't know. Um, he does turn it over a bit. He, But his passes, his blocks, his steals, his rebounds, his scoring, it's all good. And we're waiting for an improvement in efficiency, which I do think will come. You know, 21 usage, not particularly great. And I don't think he's ever going to be a super high usage guy. But I am excited for the future of him. And if I had to what for it, like will he be a top 40 player in the next five years? I'd say probably 45% yes. It's I'm not convinced of it, but I think we're going to get there. I'm still really high on him. I think, again, having those realistic expectations early in a career is is good. And we'll do that again when we do draft stuff. But he was impressive enough to me that I think we should be relatively excited about where this takes us. 
After him, it's Eric Gordon, who is 33 years of age. Still got two years left, one non-guaranteed. Surely they're looking to move on from Eric Gordon, especially if they do get a wing player in the draft. Because they started Gordon all year. And his replacement, Garrison Matthews, we'll talk about later, I don't think it's particularly good. But they want someone, they need someone to start at the three. Gordon is not it. Gordon was 175th this year in fantasy. He was 199th in points leagues. His run of, or his, you know, time of ever being a factor in fantasy leagues for most most situations is, is probably cooked. His Raptor was pretty bad. as uh, a negative there. EPM, interestingly, second, second best on this team behind Wood. Contributed 3.4 wins, which is not a bad number for estimated wins. 62 true shooting, 41% from three, very good numbers. 59 effective field goal, really good numbers. In fact, I think he led this team, uh, not exactly, sorry, he was third on this team in effective field goal, equal second with um, KJ Martin. His assist numbers, not at his best. Defensive numbers are very low. I don't really see where Eric Gordon is able to take, improve from here. I think he's on a good team. Again, he's a 20-minute a night, bench, wing, guard, player, handle the ball. It's really useful. But for fantasy, I don't think it's happening. Gary Bird's an interesting one. 228th ranked player, Matthews was. He played 26 minutes a night. He hit two threes. He did it at only 36%. So he's got this reputation of this knockdown shooter. 36% when every shot you're taking is from three. 83, 84% of his shots from deep. I would hope for a little bit more. Overall field goal percentage, 40%. That looks shit house, And it, it does impact fantasy because we, for some reason, still count field goal percentage. But of course, when you're taking so many threes, it's way better to look at his effective field goal percentage or his true shooting percentage, which are both above average. 55% effective, which is 67, 67th percentile above average, and 80, uh, 88th percentile on his true shooting at 63. Because he takes a lot of threes, they go in at, at an above average level. He's good with his free throws. His finishing at the rim was strong on, on low attempts. But what else does he do? Doesn't assist, doesn't rebound. Steals and blocks were okay, but not great. I think if they head into next season as him as a starter, like he's not going to be a draftable player. He's 25 as well. And much like Tate, I think he's a rotation guy on a back-end playoff team, but not a starter. I don't have huge high hopes of him stepping up. KJ Martin, I do, but he didn't really do it this year. I was annoyed with the minutes. He played 21 minutes a night only. He averaged eight and four with only half a block. Bad from the line, but 53 from the field. I would have hoped for a little bit more improvement from KJ this season. We didn't really get it though. His rafter was pretty bad, one of the worst on the team. His um, EPM was actually all right. Negative 1.5, which is... Actually, that's not that good. What am I talking about? Um, I was on the wrong list. And it's still negative 1.5, but it's, what, 49th percentile? So it's about league average. You would hope for a little bit better. His LeBron wasn't particularly good. His Darko wasn't particularly good. I still think there's room for KJ to improve. But I was probably a little bit too high on him after his rookie season. And I'm not sure where we go from here. Again, they had the opportunity to bring in a three or a four through the draft. And where does KJ fit? Does he have starter upside? I'm not as convinced on that. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not as convinced that he has starter upside. So you know, what, where do we value him? Can he ever be a top 150 fantasy player? Yeah, but maybe two years at it. And top 100, maybe not. 
Josh Christopher is the other one that I'm pretty interested in on this team. After that, well, there's a couple of guys to talk about. After that, there's not a lot, a lot, a lot though. Joshy Christopher, 20 years of age, just turned 20 a few months ago. 18 minutes, 74 games, so in the rotation every night, basically. He averaged eight points, 0.9 steals in 18 minutes, which is very good. That's like two per 36. Two assists, two and a half rebounds, but shot only 30% from three. So there's plenty of room for that to improve. Like most rookies, he, he just sucked impact-wise. Negative 4.9 EPM is a bad number. He was the third worst player on this team in LeBron, with only Jalen Green and DJ Augustin behind him. His Darko at negative 1.4 was pretty bad. We expect this, though. Negative 2.2 on-off. And that's not... But there is room, plenty of room, and plenty of signs that I saw from Josh, who was 299th in category leagues, to be able to step it up. Is there a chance that him and Green are the backcourt of the future versus Green and Porter? Yeah, there is. I'm very excited to see him play like a 25-minute-a-night role next year. Do they ever start Green, Porter, Christopher together if Gordon's gone? Maybe. I'm very excited to see what he can bring in the future. Defensively, passing-wise, showed a little bit offensively, creation-wise. There was enough there for me to get interested despite some pretty rough advanced numbers this season. But I am excited for him long-term. I think he can be probably not ever a top 50 player, but a guy that can have multiple top 100s and maybe even have like a breakout year where he averages like 23 points, 1.7 steals. Like no, let's put it this way. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I'm going to be. And this is not to say he will ever become this player, but there is... When I watch him and look at his stat profile, the name Jimmy Butler does come out to me. Where I look at his numbers and go, all right, you can play defense, you can pass a bit, you struggle a little bit with your outside shot, but I think you can work on it. You've got some size. Uh, Jimmy Butler's a top 20 player, fantasy guy for many years. And I'm, I, I wouldn't put that on him. But there is, there is some real upside in Christopher as a pick in the 20s that I was very impressed with. Out of the last guys, David Nwaba, he's 29. His advanced stats are all good. I don't know what he's doing on this team. I don't really think he makes a ton of sense on this squad. He's the second on this team in LeBron. Again, I don't really view that as you know, accurate necessarily. Well, not accurate, but you know, something that makes a lot of sense. His DPM was second on this team. His Raptor was third on this team. He impacts defensively so much. He's very good. Even offensively, he was okay. But long-term, I don't see it. Trevor and Queen, a two-way guy. I don't really get... He's 25. Like I'm not really that excited about what he's going to bring. He played 10 games, averaged seven points. I don't see it. What I do see for two guys... I'm not going to talk Bruno Fernando or Anthony Lamb. I am going to talk about Usman Garuba, though. 20 years of age. He averaged two points in 10 minutes. That's, that's shit house. Two points are not good. Like he could go through his career, be like almost Marcus Camby and just not score. But three and a half boards, half a block, half a steal. Advanced stats through the roof, much like they were in, well, not enough through the roof, right? Very good, much like they were in Europe. Led this team in LeBron. Negative 1.5 only uh, DPM, which is not the greatest number. His Raptor wasn't, no, his Raptor, actually, where is his Raptor? Negative 2.3. He only played 239 minutes. Is there a chance 
that Garuba and Shingun can form a front court of the future on this team? Yeah. Is there a chance that Garuba is just like a 22-minute-a-night backup center? Yeah. I did like what he produced, though. Good rebounder, good steals guy, good blocks guy. Going to be a good defender, I think. And at least someone who'll have a few... I think Dwight Powell, I guess, in fantasy value. Never be a blow-up sort of style. But can just do a few things with efficiency, with some steals and blocks, and with rebounds. And he's a better passer than you expect as well. The other guy to really talk about here is Dacian Nix. Played 24 games, 11 minutes, 1.7 assists per game in that time. It's obviously you know, not blowing us away numbers. Nix, I thought did... Okay, probably should have been drafted. wasn't. Um, in the G League, averaged 22 points in 27 games. Eight assists, 2.3 steals. Shot 40% from three. Now, that's he shot 18% for G League night the year before. So a big step up. But, you know, looking at his advanced numbers, they're, they're bad. Like, his Raptor is bad in low minutes. His uh, APM is bad. His LeBron, I'm pretty sure, is... It's just average. I don't know. There's just something about him where if I'm in a super deep dynasty league, I think he can be a backup point guard. And I think there is an outside chance he can develop into a starting point guard, much like a Tyus Jones sort of a player. I think there's something there with Dacian Nix. But yeah, the numbers that he did this year don't really show huge amounts and the bad free throw shooting is a concern. But the G League numbers, super impressive for Dacian Nix. Let me know what you thought about this season in review show. How did you think it went? Drop it in the comments below. I don't even know if I'm going to see the comments before I record the others, but I want to know anyway. Um, And yeah, guys, Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.